Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. friends welcome back it is fall of 2022 and we are in season five of the mom to mom podcast and we are so thrilled to gather again so thank you for showing up today is a super special day and episode because we are one week into the launch or a few weeks into the launch of our very own podcast co-host book with jamie erickson she has written holy huga And Jamie and Kate and I are so, so excited to talk all about Huga today. And you, Jamie, are the expert. So you are like our guest today. (laughs) Wow. It's kind of fun being the guest of your own show. I'll I'll be on my very best behavior, girls. (laughs) Well, since we don't have a lot of rules here on the podcast and we are changing things up a little bit for season five, we're going to try and have more of a conversation, shorter episodes, more conversation, less formal So we hope that you have your cup of tea, your coffee, or if you're exercising, run a laundry or whatever it is you're doing that you'll have time to fit us in. So I love that we're going to begin to unpack these seven tenets of Huga, hospitality, relationships, well-being, atmosphere, comfort, contentment, and rest, which you write about in your book, Jamie. And I found each section of your book amazing. I love the way it's laid out. I love, 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 love your book. And I also love that you're living breathing example of Huga and live in a Huga community and region, right? That's that's basically all of it in a nutshell. Yeah, you did great. And I love, you know, kudos to you, September, for saying it right, because I've been on a lot of shows talking about Huga and so many times I have to gently correct the host or hostess. So good for you. Well, looking at the word, it's really confusing, but I know I've seen on your Instagram, you've held up like pictures and pronunciation guides, and I've been following all that. And I just think it's incredible that this book is here and in our hands. And Kate and I share so many of the same tenants that are in this book. So I thought well, we should just celebrate this book and talk about it. So first I want us to unpack today and you to share with us, what is Huga? Where does it come from? Well, Huga is a Danish lifestyle concept that's actually been around the Danish culture for hundreds of years, but it's only recently, probably within the last five or six years, come to the United States and kind of matriculated down all to different parts of the world. It's kind of a difficult word to nail down for us Americans because we don't have a direct English translation of it. But if you just remember this, Huga, the word is actually stems from a British and a Norwegian word that means hug. Mm. And if you think about the way a hug envelops you and makes you feel, Mm -hmm. that really is at the very heart of Hugali living. And so Huga in its roughest form, if I were to just like give you the Cliff Notes definition, (laughs) it's a feeling that engenders comfort, Mm. contentment, and rest. And really, I would say, it's the the Danish version of creating a sanctuary life. Mm. If you look at those seven tenants, and and let me be really clear, I'm not Danish. <laughs> I'm not even a little bit Danish, but I am originally from Phoenix, Arizona, but I followed love all the way to Minnesota, you know, 20 plus years ago when I married my husband. And Minnesota is 
the state that boasts the most Scandinavians in all of the country. It's kind of the Scandinavian Mecca, mm-hmm. including the Danish people, including my husband, who is mostly Danish with a little bit of Norwegian thrown in there for good measure. And so when I moved up to Minnesota, I became cocooned mm. in this Hugele lifestyle. And I noticed some real distinctions in the culture that really helped to bolster the Danish people, the, you know, the uh, Midwesterners, the Minnesotans that I didn't notice, you know, in my original home in Phoenix. Not that one is better than the other, but it, it was just different. Mm-hmm. And one thing I can say about the Danish people is that they are very hospitable. They're very open-handed. They have, they live and walk out a very invitational lifestyle. But here's the thing about Huga. It's, it's a real trending topic. You've probably heard about it. You know, you maybe have seen it. It's been hashtagged on Instagram like 8 million times. Target.com has a whole line of Huga products. And those are all wonderful. But as a believer in Christ, I know that shuga is really just mere veneer. You know, mm-hmm. it's something to lay over your life, but it's only temporary because no matter no matter what lifestyle practices you employ on, on this side of heaven, they're only going to last for so long. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can... I can cocoon myself in a nice warm chenille blanket Mm. to feel this comfort feeling that I'm wanting to feel. But what happens when the cat destroys that blanket? Mm. You know, (laughs) what am I left with? I can light a bunch of candles to sort of create this really peaceful ambiance. But what happens when the candle tips Mm. and the whole thing Mm -hmm. goes up in flames? So as a believer in Christ, I know that Huga is not enough. Mm -hmm. I love that, Jamie, because hospitality is a major part of Hugo. Right. And I think sometimes as women, we think, oh, I can't open my home. You know, it's messy or the kids are have left toys all over. And I mean, to me, just that concept of being willing to be open and not worrying about, you know, if, if you're inviting a mom over, she probably has a messy house too. Right. You know, but it's that concept of hospitality, of opening up your life, of offering what Christ would have us offer. I mean, it's a very biblical concept, I think, to be to be open to that. But it doesn't mean you have to be a gourmet cook. You know, like you said, just offer a cup of hot tea or cocoa or cookies from the grocery store. I think it's more about an attitude. Would that be right? Rather than you have to do these specific things to be to have a Hugo lifestyle. Right. It is really an attitude. It's a, it's to put it really simply, it's about making some outward choices mm-hmm. that would support and bolster your inward life. So there are some very practical things we can do. And I love the fact, Kate, that you talked about how you don't have to, you know, sterilize your life or make <laughs> right. wonderful gourmet meals to be hospitable. You know, people want to feel welcome. Yeah. They want to feel seen and known. They're not worried about whether or not you follow all of Emily Post's Mm-hmm. Is she you still know, around? <laughs> manners and all of that. I don't know. Maybe that's dating me. But but they want to be able to come with their real self mm-hmm. and all of their real struggles. And one way that we can help them do that and have the courage to do that is if we do the same. If we're the one who yeah. starts the process by not secreting our lives away, not sterilizing our whole home. You know, I don't know about you, but when I walk into a home, 
and I see that there are dishes in the sink mm-hmm. or I see a pile of clean but unfolded laundry on the couch, I kind of exhale <laughs> Mm. And I'm so glad I'm there. And I'm actually more apt to invite that woman over to my house knowing I have dishes in the sink. Mm-hmm. I have laundry on my couch mm. because it, you know, she, she's modeling for me what it really means to be hospitable, mm. making room for another person. You also alluded to the fact that it's a, it feels like it's a very biblical concept. If you look at the seven tenets of Hugo, you will actually see them marked and modeled in the first home of the garden. And then later in the second home that we have here on earth, and that is Jesus. You know, he is our second home while we're here on earth. He's, he is our dwelling place. And we can see hospitality. We can see deep relationship. Mm-hmm. We can see, you know, uh, an atmosphere where there's care for ourselves and care for others. All the seven tenets, I can go right down the line. You can see all of those in the garden. But what has happened is sin. Mm-hmm. And all of those things have been marred and yeah. distorted. And we're all on this side of the garden doing our very best to return to that garden-like atmosphere. And so Hugo really is like the Danish way of doing that. It's not a perfect way, but it's just one way. It's a tool that we can create sanctuary Mm -hmm. and a garden-like atmosphere for our family, our friends, our neighbors. Well, I just love that it comes from the word hug. Yeah. I just really like that. And it helps me remember it even more. But when I was reading your book, I highlighted these two lines while in the center of a life of sameness, which I identify with, you know, um, who could taught me how to look for miracles Mm -hmm. in the mundane. And then you said this, I've learned to be at home with Hugo, and in, in turn, it has helped me be at home with home. And I love that. I think a lot of us women, mothers listening to that struggle with that because home has become the place we're just stuck or, you know, we're only, we're only here yeah. or it's just for other people. And I really, mm. I really love that. And I think a lot of people will love your book, Jamie. I, I love these pages and everything that you have in them, but I wondered if you could help the women listening. What are some few changes we can make in our home to begin practicing Holy Hugo? That's a great question. Like I said, you know, Hugo is an outward expression of the inward life. We can make some, some practical outward changes to make some real and lasting change on the inside. Again, this is not to replace the work that Christ is doing in anyone's life. It's just a tool. So let me put it this way, in case there are those listening that kind of have a raised eyebrow right now and are thinking I'm adding to or detracting from scripture. I look at Hugo in the same way that I look at like a really great Bible study. Is a Bible study the Bible? No. Mm-hmm. But can a good Bible study point me to the truth, help me to walk towards scripture, um, help me to see certain verses in a particular light that maybe I wouldn't have seen otherwise. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's how I view Hugo. It's just a tool, not necessary, but it can be helpful. Stores around here have already decided that it's Christmas. They're slowly rolling out holiday decor and seasonal gift items. And normally I just roll my eyes and think to myself, it's a bit early, don't you think? 
But this year, I'm kind of excited that at least one shop is already getting into the Christmas spirit. From now until October 23rd, the folks at Gab Wireless have slashed prices on their Gab phones and Gab watches. Head to gabwireless.com to snag 30% off any device. Plus, in honor of Christmas, they'll even throw in a free accessory. If you've been around the mom to mom podcast for longer than a minute, you know how much I love our Gab phone. It's a dumb phone that looks and feels like a smartphone. It's the perfect first cell phone step for tweens and teens. With a Gab phone, your kids can call, they can text, they can even take pictures, but the devices aren't connected to the internet in any way. So they can't have access to shady social media sites and shady social media sites can't have access to them. As a mom, I can send my tweens and teens out the door to after school jobs, sports practice, or youth group and rest a bit easier knowing that I can get a hold of them and they can get a hold of me. So who cares if it's only October? Kids say phones are always in season. To learn more or to snag a Gab phone or watch for your tween or teen, head to gabwireless.com and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's G-A-B-B-Wireless.com, promo code M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M at checkout. And have a Merry Christmas a little bit early. So here are a couple of things that you can do right away to formulate some hugely practices within your home so that you can experience the peace and the comfort, the contentment, the rest, all the things that sort of envelop you in the hugely life. I think, first of all, pick a seasonal activity that you can enjoy during a particular season or maybe a season of life in order to look forward to it. See, um, the Danes are are enveloped, entrenched in a really dark, bitter, cold Mm. season for, you know, nine months out of the year. And as a Minnesotan, I can echo that. Maybe not quite as much, but, you know, it's it winter here, <laughs> a solid nine months out of the year, or at least maybe it feels that way to me. So if I'm not careful, I can sit in a lot of bitterness, discontent. I can be very ill at ease and, and I can be grasping and clawing for all the peace and comfort and contentment I want, but it will never happen because I'm just sitting over here thinking about how cold it is and why did I ever move to this place? So what I do is I pick a seasonal activity that I can look forward to in every single major season of the year and in certain seasons of my life so that I can step into those seasons with anticipation and not dread. Do you see how that tiny little outward tweak has suddenly shifted my inward feelings about something? Mm -hmm. So just in, in practicality, I'll give you some examples. One year, I kind of squirreled away a bunch of... um a bunch of books that I really wanted to read from a particular author that was new to me. I, I went through her whole back catalog, started finding them at tag sales and yard sales, and I squirreled them away until winter hit. And that is when I allowed myself to read them because I was looking forward to them all throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. One um, winter, my daughter and I made a list of different black and white old movies we wanted to watch together. And then we were able to step into winter and look forward to it. And you could use that same concept in whatever season you're happening to, you know, step into. Our summer here in Minnesota is very short. It feels like all of two seconds. But I have a ridiculously 
large amount of summer dresses in my closet. And I wear one every single day if I if the weather allows me to. I'm actually embarrassed to show people my collection of summer dresses because it makes absolutely no sense for the place that I live. But I look forward to being able to wear these cute little pretty summer dresses in the summer. So I'm able to step into summer with anticipation, with mm-hmm. eagerness. It sets my heart in a good place just by tweaking a little bit of my outward life. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that, Jamie. So I'm in Nashville. I'm in the South. So it's okay. I can yoga too. Absolutely. <laughs> so how you, do we you do can... it in the summer? How do those, I mean, it's not just about, you know, sitting around the fire and, and, you know, having your hot drink and woolen mittens. It's, it's right. more than that. I mean, so for those of us that are in warm climates, California, the South, Texas, you know, how do we, how do we fit that in when we are outdoors more? You know, we're not inside as much. It, the days are longer. You know, it's it's sunny till eight o'clock. So what are some ways that we can begin to Huga in our own lives? Well, Huga is about being fully present in the moment that you're in, mm. in the season that you're in. And and practically speaking, that refers to the actual physical calendar season. But the Danes would also look at, you know, the seasons of your life and you know, maybe you're in a, a season of grief. Maybe you're in a season of change, those types of things. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of quick examples, but I don't just want you to think of these in terms of calendar seasons mm-hmm. because that's not always the space that we're living in. Other things are happening in our life besides just weather. But absolutely, Kate, you can Huga in warmer temperatures. <laughs> I think it just, it, if you remember this, Huga helps you look at the mundane every day necessities of life and make them Mm -hmm. or elevate them to be more meaningful to notice Mm. them more and so in in the summer the way we huga here in minnesota is yeah we do have a bonfire Mm. and we're very intentional to have just certain traditional snacks that we always have at our bonfire we're intentional to invite our neighbors over and make it bigger than just you know, lighting a fire. Mm-hmm. In the summer, we we have certain traditions that we always incorporate within that season. We have certain foods that we're sure to eat during that season because it sets our heart in a summer mindset. And that sounds like such a small thing to do. Mm-hmm. But like, for instance, I make an, a homemade ice cream cake. I only make it in the summer. That's it. I could make it mm-hmm. any old time but I only reserve it. In fact, I'm even more specific. I only make it in the month of July. Now, what do you think that does for my kids as we're approaching the month of July? It really Mm -hmm. gets them excited about the month of July because they know that we're going to have mom's homemade ice cream cake. And that's just Mm -hmm. one small example. But um, in the realm of faith, I think Huga is not enough. What is the purpose of Huga? That's really what what we need to be asking ourselves. And for me as a believer, yes, I can make a lovely atmosphere for myself at home and my family. I can make a very um, inviting space, a comforting, nurturing space. But if it's just all about me and my family, I think I'm really missing the point. I think we'd all be better served as believers by using these Hugely tools for kingdom purposes. So in my mind, Huga isn't just about creating a comforting space for me 
and you know my husband and my kids although that that would be the top tier of of on my list of people I want to envelop with Huga but I am I using these tools mm-hmm. for kingdom purposes for the gospel am I making a space where people feel comfortable to come in and not just meet me but meet the one I'm supposed to be reflecting, the one who's making a home mm-hmm. in me, does my home reveal him? And I think Hugh, there's a tool that I can use to do that. Right. Because as you said in your book, Jesus didn't split his time into spiritual and secular. And I really, really liked that. They were one thing. And so I want to, before we close the episode, talk about how we can take some quick steps. Like Jamie, um, what have you done to create these gospel encounters with family and friends and neighbors? And, you know, your book is Holy Huga. So how does that become that part of our life that is the gospel? Well, I think when you are living intentionally and with purpose, I think that that really helps you to have the proper perspective about things. Um, For instance, you know, the Danes have a phrase, there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. And practically, you that know, they really, are, they really, they are referring to the clothes that you put on your body. Obviously, you wouldn't want to walk out in negative 30 degrees in a t-shirt and flip-flops. So put on the right things and you'll be able to walk out doing the right things, right? But it that particular phrase has helped me learn to be more content with the life I've been given and to walk out the gospel more clearly because I can walk it out with contentment, not always reaching for the next thing, not always looking for what I don't have. Um, So that's one way. It's helped me to realize I can't always change my circumstances, but I can change my perspective. You know, I can Mm -hmm. look outside in the snow that is still falling (laughs) mid-May and be really upset about it Or I can say, you know, Jamie, you can choose whether you enjoy the snow or not, but either way, the snow is still going to come and the choice is up to you. So it has really, for me, helped me to be more content. I think it has helped me as I live out the Matthew call, the commission of Christ to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I think going, absolutely, we're called to go and we're called to go out into the world. But I think in our 21st century lifestyle, especially in our post-pandemic world, what people are really craving is to be welcomed in, mm-hmm. to be given a seat. You know, we have such a this seat's taken society. And as a believer, I hope that I could be known as someone who puts an extra chair out for mm-hmm. someone else to invite them in. And so Hugo has given me some very practical tools. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mentioned many of them in the book, but has given me practical tools that I can start walking out and living out the faith that I have said for years that I ascribe to. It's given me tools to actually do it. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful book. Mm-hmm. And I pray that those who listen to our podcast, don't you girls agree that they feel that same welcome, the Holy Huga here in our yeah, podcast. Absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. So Jamie, why don't you close this out today? This is your this is your beautiful heart on paper, but it's really who you are and who Jesus has called all of us to live. And so maybe you could just share with um, the moms and the women listening where they can get the book, maybe something about a book study that might come out or what they can do with your book in addition to reading it. And and then we'll close our season five intro. 
Yeah. So the book, Holy Huga, Creating a Place for People to Gather and the Gospel to Grow is really available wherever books are sold. You can go to jamieerickson.com and all the links for any place you want to possibly pick it up are there. And in addition to that, throughout the year, I will be launching seasonal guides that really help you to step into Huga in that particular season. So as Kate mentioned, when you're in the middle of summer, what are some practical things that you can do to invite people into your home? What do you do with them when they are in your home? (laughs) And what about during those times where you can't actually open your doors? Because many times we're in those seasons too, or maybe we're an introvert and cannot um, host as freely as other people. So those guides will be coming out throughout the year and you can grab those at jamieerickson.com. Really and truly, here's my heart and in my prayer for anybody who picks up my book or hears about it. I really hope that it exhorts all of us to see our homes as a backdrop for kingdom ministry. I hope that it will give us all some tangible tools to nurture a garden-like home that reflects the one who's really making a home in us. Because as believers, God really welcomes us into his work. He doesn't need us, (laughs) but he invites us to partner with him. And part of that partnership is inviting others to come alongside as well. So I hope Hugo will help us all live intentionally and to walk out the gospel. Amen.